That's always good when you start off with a laugh. Science, it's great. Pregnant, a uh, young girl, <laughs> teen, doesn't know how to tell her parents. <laughs> Movie freaks. Edward Furlong's in it, too. I am freaking hopeless. Oh, oh wow. Movie freaks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net that is part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take us away. <laughs> oh, take us away. I like that. Let us begin. We're going to dive right into the roulette. Um, and we have, are always trying to streamline the show. As uh, And so I thought of another idea. Instead of us fumbling around with Netflix and IMDb uh, synopsis to find, you know, you have to find the movie to tell me the synopsis, then i got to find the movie to look at it myself. And instead of doing that, we, we shipped our uh, picks out ahead of time so that we could look over them. We'll read all of the picks, but then... We'll just decide on the one and read that one synopsis and then mm-hmm. truck right along. As I edit these things and I listen to them two, three times while I'm doing so, and I, it's like too often do we spend the first 35, 40 minutes of the show on that. When yeah. it's just, you can find out more about these movies on your own. You know how to find them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, on to the roulette where we force each other to watch movies for your entertainment or consideration. Uh, I had Mary and Max, and you had Rosewater. And Mm -hmm. my review is probably going to be weird and convoluted and hard to follow, and so I'm going to let you go first. Okay, all right. Well, (laughs) mine will not be. More chance of funny on your end, trust me. (laughs) Okay. Um, Rosewell, actually, no. (laughs) Rosewater. Yes, yes, I know what your movie's about. I'm still telling you, more of a chance of funny over there. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, Rosewater is directed by Jon Stewart. And uh, this is a true story about uh, a man, or a reporter, journalist in Iran that was uh, captured as being a quote-unquote spy and uh, for the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. (laughs) And, but but he was captured for being a spy, and one of the reasons was because of the the little back and forth that he had on the Daily Show. And he was imprisoned for a significant amount of time, tortured, uh, physically and mentally abused, while his wife, uh, back in, uh, I, I believe, England, uh, pregnant with the child, um, she, you know, she was trying to rally, rally. Support, to get, yeah. yeah, support to get him, him freed. So that's the story of, that's what this story is. And it is very, very good. Um, it is it a gem in the rough? I, it's hard to say, like, is it a gem in the rough? It's extremely well made, well acted. The story is great, but it's one of those that once you watch it once, uh, I can't imagine that uh, it's, it's one that's going to have a lot of replay value because it is a tough watch. And the subject matter, kind of, I don't want to compare it to like Twelve Years a Slave, um, but it's and I that understand type, what of, you're type saying, of thing yeah. to where it's it's just like, oh man. Um, so, but I will say that if that was depicted honestly, like if Iran was depicted honestly in that movie, and I believe it, it probably was. Um, I think that there are a lot of people in that country that um, are looking for a change in the way things are done. Uh, as far as politics and the whole we hate America, it doesn't seem like that is the entire Middle East and that is entirely Iran. It seems like 
Um, well, we're not going to get too political on this show, but I, I know, I know, I, I, I certainly hope that that is the case. Uh, yeah. yeah, and the reason I bring that up is because it, it is brought up quite a bit in that movie, and I really liked that. And I liked that it had, it wasn't just you know those thinking Muslims, whatever. Blah, it wasn't. Blah, blah. It, it wasn't Rambo three. <laughs> no, no, it was. This yeah. was not Rambo three. <laughs> right. Gotcha. So, and that was good. So, but it was a good movie and and well made, and I I would highly recommend it, especially for a piece of recent. Uh, recent history, it is it's really good. So, uh, good job, John Stewart, for his direct uh, directorial debut. He did a very good job. It was technically a very well made movie. I really liked it. Cool. I will keep it on there. And uh, was it de- depressing? It, uh, that's why I haven't pushed play on it so far because it seems like the the type that's going to be real depressing or slow. It, or... I mean, it, yeah, it, it's it's heavy, but it's not anything like. I mean, it's not claw my eyes out 12 years a slave heavy yeah uh and it obviously i mean i'm not spoiling anything here because this is based on a true story the guy he he gets freed otherwise there would be no movie right right um so i mean this does have a happy ending it's just what goes uh what goes on as him as being being imprisoned it's interesting some of the the i don't want to say torture techniques because it's more interrogation techniques it's interesting some of the techniques that are used if it's accurate, and I'm guessing it is, uh, it's just different, and it's just odd to me. Some of the different techniques that are used to try to get information out of someone, uh, especially someone that is innocent. Yeah. So, anyway. Okay. Cool. But give well, it a watch. I would definitely say keep it on keep it on your queue and give it a watch sometime. I will. I'll do that. Okay. Over on my side, we had Mary and Max. This was from 2009. Uh... Not rated, obviously, and about 90 minutes long. And uh, this is a claymation animation, stop-motion animation, however you want to put it. Uh, synopsis, a chubby 8-year-old Australian girl and an obese adult New Yorker with Asperger's are a pair of unlikely pen pals in this clay animation feature. With, this is important too, voice talents, Tony Collette, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm. Um Oh boy, and I tell you, I've been sweating this one because I didn't know. Well, first of all, before I I dive onto the, I, <laughs> oh, I almost forgot. Uh, when I hit play on this, I remembered. Oh, I started this one before, and I got about fif- oh. fifteen minutes in, and I I turned it off. Tell you the truth, I was like, ah, oh, I'm not really in the mood for this. And this this movie has a very unique and specific design. We'll start that. Start it that way. Uh, so then I went on to the what's the other one you gave me the uh, in the fast food joint and the cop calls the no uh, oh, compliance. Uh, yes. So I moved on to compliance. So okay. So so the first one you did not finish. That we're done with that one. Mm. Um. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is good. My my review of compliance. I said I didn't. I wasn't probably going to pick that one last week because I was familiar with the uh, true story about how this, yeah. this cop calls a convenience or a, a fast food joint and gets them to take one of their employees in the back and and interrogate her and strip her down and whatever. And then it all turned out to be a hoax. That's the news story. And I said I didn't want to pick that one because I have a feeling it's going to be a lot of idiots and it's going to annoy me. So mm-hmm. 15 minutes into compliance, I turned it off because, yes, it was full of idiots and it annoyed me. It was shot very well, and maybe you would enjoy it, uh, but I was I gave up. I, I, everything was proceeding exactly as I've foreseen it, and I was like, everyone in this movie is an idiot. 
Because oh. if you're talking to somebody on the phone that says, oh, go through her things, okay, one, you're an idiot, because you have to go, no, I don't believe you. You just stop right there. I'm not going to do that. And if you're the yeah. person, uh, the employee, and the manager says, I'm going to go through your things because some guy on the phone tells me to that says he's a cop, you as a employee, you have to go, no, I'm n- no, you don't have any right to do that. You're an idiot. Mm-hmm. None, of, neither, none of these people do this. Everybody just goes along with it. And Okay. So 15 minutes in, I was done. Okay. So then I went back over to the list. I'm like, what am I going to watch? Well, everything, oh. at, at this point, everything's long, longer. And <laughs> so, <clears throat> Mary and Max. <laughs> I went back to. <laughs> oh, this is great. Yeah. Oh, I kind of feel bad for you. Oh, just wait. Uh, so anyway, this, this claymation Mary and Max movie. So this, this, this poor little uh, Australian claymation character, uh, and it has this birthmark on her forehead, and they're so cute and whatever. You gotta let yourself get wrapped up in the in the animation. You gotta let yourself go in it, though. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you gotta let it be a real thing. Is this like tool tool video animation, like the really the animation that's really cool but kind of depressing looking and gray and? Maybe a little bit at times, but it's so crisply done. This is the smoothest claymation I think I've ever seen. It's gorgeous. And it's one of the reasons why I was able to get through the whole thing, because it's so beautiful to look at, and so much work went into every single frame. And but it, it, it but. Does, every well everything does feel grungy and dirty, but it's just the places that they live and the lives they live are sad and and depressing because the one guy has Asperger's and she's constantly picked on and with an alcoholic mother and a father that isn't there and you know it's it, so her the, her situation's really sad, but she is real chipper. So they they become pen pals and write each other back and forth because they don't have any friends and they're you know uh, they need a friend. And so intermixed with this depress- depressing kind of uh, stuff and the- these sad topics, there is also this really hilarious one-liners and really funny stuff that is worked in there. So within a 10-minute span, you can go from laughing hysterically to being in tears of sadness. It's a... Oh, no, not man. Not necessarily in a bad way. Okay. In, in a good way, kind of. It's... This movie is indescribable. If if I got to back up and uh, look at it from the whole pantheon of cinema, this de- belongs in the Cinema Hall of Fame. I'm not going to call it a gem in the rough because I don't know that I'll ever watch it again. But it's something that any, every cinephile should see at least once. I need to talk about this movie with somebody. And even okay. even if you... You have to watch it all the way through, too. You, you can't just like watch 15 minutes and go, oh, I'm not in the mood, or on the treadmill with subtitles. You gotta listen to it because the voice acting sells it. The the job that um he does with Max, what's his name? Philip Seymour Hoffman does with Max is sublime. And that's the word that I kept coming back to while trying to think of t- how to review this movie. The animation is sublime. The genius is sublime. The writing is sublime. It's all there and it's subtle. It's not in your face and it's just it it works. It this shouldn't work, but it does. And you still have that up and down roller coaster of hilarious. To say. It's sort of like um, an even better animation version than Fantastic Mr. Fox, with mm. with a little bit of that humor, and then it immediately goes right into Meet the Feebles humor, which is like 
I need a shower right now. Like, that's the, that's so disturbing and messed up. What the hell? And then it goes into some real-life psychiatric uh, emotional problems that are really real and touching, you know? And then it, okay. it starts the whole loop over again. So, uh, but the animation really pulled me through all the way, and it ends... I mean, it's it's it just this whole movie is just a kick in the guts, tell you the truth. But it's something you have to see because there's nothing else. I've never seen a film like this ever, ever. So you have to see it at least once. I'm I'm begging. So are are you are you glad that you watched it? Yes, I'm giving this movie a thumbs up. I'm not going to say it's a okay, gem. Okay, good. I'm not going to say it's a gem in the rough. And I didn't give it a thumbs up until about half an hour ago. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's so hard, and I, you might hate it. But I, I say again, you have to watch it all the way through. You, this is not mm-hmm. one where you can stop. And you need to think of this one more like homework than um, just, oh, let's go pop in this baby and see what's going on. There mm-hmm. were even times where I'm like, should I compare it to Schindler's List where it's like, you need to see this once. This is an emotionally important piece of art. Yeah. Um, well, I added but, it to my list as you were talking. I, my, I added it to the list. I don't even know if you're... This one may fall under Joni I, material. I have no idea. I, she might be mm. okay with it and then not. I'd, yeah. I'm telling you, this movie is beyond description. But um, it, it's almost in a Pixar sense you, where you could be crying at the end of it and okay with that. Do you understand yeah. what that means? Yep. Like, mm-hmm. It's very, very sad, but in that Pixar way, you're cry- you could be crying. Well, with Pixar, you're crying in the first ten minutes. With <laughs> yeah, with this movie, yeah. it might Open not credits, yeah, yeah. It might not be till the end. Um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. And yeah. the way this movie ends, again, it's like, geez, you didn't have to go that hardcore. But I almost wonder if it wasn't a true story or had relevance, uh, relate mm. bits of true in it. Um, but just what a movie, man! I mean, halfway through, there's this scene. I mean, I was just like, I cannot believe what I'm watching. I can't believe that this scene is happening right now, and she is doing that. And it was sort of like, I well, I have to keep watching because i got to know what happens. And good music, good score. Jeez, um, what a ride. Okay, at any rate, please watch it and report back at some time. But don't... Okay. This is not a subtitle movie. you got to have the audio um, yeah. because of their performances when they're speaking. It's pretty amazing. Okay. Uh, well, good. I'm glad that you've, I'm glad that you finished it and, uh, that you didn't just, you know, keep on with compliance. And... Well, I'm telling you, there was a handful of times watching Mary and Max where I wanted to turn it off. Cause wow. I'm like, Oh, I could be watching other things, but I'm like, I, I, I need to finish this to see how this all wraps up. Yeah. So and... basically, so right. Are you gl- so you're glad you, you watched it? This is one yes. that, like, hey, I'm glad I spent the time watching this. Well, and, well, and like I say, I have to back out and look at it in an overall sense. I definitely am because this is one of those movies that I could pull up and say, have you watched this? And yeah. Or you're, somebody tells me, they tell me all the time, I'm looking for something different. I'm looking for something weird or unique or Meet the Feebles gets brought up to me about twice a week. <laughs> it's yeah. not that perverted, but some of the topics that it touches on it's just or like, yeah. whoa, this is a weird feeling because it's claymation. You know what I mean? It'd be something if it was just a filthy live-action comedy, but it's not. And it's yeah. a little girl and this big fat schlub in New York and they're pen pals. It's a whole thing. Anyway. You know, I, I like that both of the movies that we, that we on the roulette that we watched, um, they're not resounding, oh, you've got to see this, it's great, but it seems like they're both 
fairly, I don't want to say important, but kind of important movies, and, and like movies that you should watch at least one time. Oh, if you're a cinephile, you should watch Marion Max at least once. Yeah. And this thing has huge reviews, uh, both on Netflix and everywhere else. Yeah, and same with Ro- Rosewater. I think it gets very good reviews, and it's, it's I think, a fairly important movie, especially for people that are interested in current like world events. I yeah. think it's a very good movie, so... Well, okay. good. It sounds like that was a that was a roulette success. Yeah, it's funny. I had to, I almost laughed when you said, "Yes, I really like this movie, but I probably won't ever watch it again." Same thing with Marion Max. I the more I think about it, the more that was a real work of art, and yeah. I don't know if I watch it again. But now that I say yeah. that, I probably will. <laughs> ten years down the road. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's, let's move huh? on. Um, I'm going to let you go first. You can read off the picks that I gave you and then tell me which one you finally settled on to watch this week. Okay, so... I thought my spread the, was hilarious, by the way. <laughs> oh, it was. Yeah, I was like, oof, okay, that's uh, <laughs> uh, that's out there. So here's the selections that you gave me. The Farm, Life Inside Angola Prison, Lee Daniels, The Butler, Leprechaun Origins, Monster, and this is the Korean movie, not the Charlie's Theron movie. Correct. Uh, and Antarctica, A Year on Ice. And um, first off, I will say this. Uh, more than likely, I'll watch almost all of these. The Butler is going to be totally m- my wife and I. That's mm-hmm. a total c- uh, couple's movie. But i got to say, after the heaviness of, of uh, the John Stewart movie, I'm going to go the complete opposite opposite end of the spectrum so leprechaun it is <laughs> jackpot i threw yeah. like the antarctica i knew that would really tickle you so uh, I, I added that that's on my list i'm I, more than likely on our next show i'll review leprechaun antarctica the farm and the butler honestly uh and monster monster maybe but we'll see yeah i'm the korean uh, bomb diver i know yeah. not you but yeah that was a that was a good spread there i was pretty impressed i'm like that's uh well i figured if good. i'm giving you leprechaun origins then you can have two documentaries damn it yeah but yeah leprechaun i'm like yeah you know what it's probably gonna suck but like i'm in the mood for a cheesy horror movie i'm that's gonna that's the how one many of those have you, how many of those have you watched i know i've watched the first one uh, with Jennifer Aniston in it, I watched it in the and theater. I'm pretty sh- yeah, I'm pretty sure I watched two and maybe three, but uh, I used to work at the video connection, and you know, every time yeah. one would come out, I thought I watched them, but in space and in the hood, I know I didn't see those. I remember uh, so- in the hood getting pretty good reviews from my from horror, oh, really? from my horror friends as being like good bad kind of like awesome. Oh, okay, good bad well- awesome, you know. The, that yeah. old well, slug. But, you know, there's a couple of them. There's, like, Back to the Hood 2 or something. And Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I know that this Origins one was produced by WWE Films, and while that's kind of laughable, at the same time, that at least elevates it to a certain extent where it's not just going to be a, a sci-fi channel original. I mean, the WWE movies are, you know, they have some sort of a budget. There's Yeah, it's sort of like, uh, what's the bot? Asylum? And then move up a notch, and it's Sci-Fi Channel. And then up one notch, it's and WWE. It's w- yeah, yeah, exactly. And, then about and, that, and the thing is, thirty-seven funny, feet north of that is uh, <laughs> everything else. Everything else, canon. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so I'm expecting this to be hopefully at least a little bit better than an Asylum and Sci-Fi Channel original. We'll see. Did you, you know. watch the trailer for it? I did. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, th- th- it looks. The, the trailer looks trailer. pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah, it looks competently shot, and I'm like, it's 90 minutes, and it's like, if, if they just even go through the motions, me, the horror guy, I'll probably enjoy it to a certain extent if they just if they follow the horror formula of 
teens or college people, pretty people in peril, and yeah. something killing them. Okay, yep. here we go. We're in. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> you could pretty much write all of the blurbs on the front of those DVD cases. <laughs> yes. They should all just be, what does Eugene Weaver say about this? Yeah. A lot of pretty college people get murdered mercilessly by some mutant yes. animal, yes. <laughs> redneck, what and have you. With padded, with padded end credits so that it makes 90 minutes. The whole 80, know, 80, 82... <laughs> yes, but but the but the runtime's ninety minutes, but the actual movie's about eighty minutes long. They count the menu music, <laughs> the three. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll report back next on our next show. I have this feeling that uh, I'll be fairly close to being uh, on spot on on that. <laughs> uh, if not, you got some nice documentaries to fall back on. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the, that's what's nice is that I'll probably watch. Uh, like I said, I almost picked Butler, but I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm in the mood for horror, and the Butler, I'm going to watch that with my wife. Yeah. So it's it's all good, but yeah. Okay, uh, over on my side, uh, you gave me The Raven, Dead End, The One I Love, which I will never pick, by the way. That looks very... I watched the trailer for that one. I was like, eh. Very hipsterish. Kind of. yeah. Uh, yeah. The Road... Which was tempting, but sounded too good to be true. Vile, no. Uh, and <laughs> Uncle Moonmi, who can recall his past lives. So, uh, okay. The Raven, I've watched maybe thirty minutes of, but I never finished. And I was enjoying oh, it. That I was enjoying okay, it I so far. Kind of good. Yeah. I was enjoying it. Well, directed by, <laughs> you know, who directed that? Huh. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was James McIntyre. Oh, really? Yeah. The. Nope. Oh, wait a minute, what am I on here? Sorry, my thing moved. Yep, James McIntyre. Uh, the synopsis for that. Brilliant but boozy author Edgar Allan Poe and a Baltimore cop try to solve a string of baffling murders inspired by Poe's macabre short stories. Starring John Cusack and Brendan Gleeson. See, that sounds good to me. I watched about maybe 20 minutes of it or 30 minutes of it, and I, it was late and I had to go to bed and I just didn't get around to finishing it. I am going to take The Raven, because I'm going to finish it, because I liked everything that I saw so far, oh, and good, I wasn't good. even close to finishing it. I, that was one that I was like, this is a lot better than I expected, because James McIntyre, <laughs> yeah, if you don't know who that is, uh, ladies and gents, he uh, got his start by uh, V for Vendetta, as I recall. His big break was V for Vendetta, but that had heavy Wachowski influence and producing... Mm-hmm. And their hand was in it big time. And then he... I, I gotta look him up just to make sure that any of this is somewhat accurate. You know how accurate we are in this show. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I just spout off for a long time, and then we go and look, and it's all wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I believe the next movie he made, and I think I saw it with you in the theater, because we were super psyched. We're like, Viva Vendetta, rock, that was awesome. And it was Ninja... Oh, ouch! Ninja Assassin. Not, uh, it was not the ta- not the Scott Atkins Ninja. No, no, the no. other one. It was, I believe, it was Ninja Assassin. Let me see here. I, I'm ninety percent sure. Come on, where you at? Oh, you're right. Yep. You're right. Directed by James McAteague. <laughs> but I wanted to see the I wanted to see the order of his filmography. Oops. It looks like they still worked with him. Okay, first first thing on his filmography is V for Vendetta. Second up is The Invasion, which was... Uh, do you remember, did you ever see that? Yes, I did. I didn't see it, because I love Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and in Lord, does it not need another remake. The first oh. two remakes were awesome. I didn't, don't need another one. 
and it got horrible reviews. Anyway, he's uncredited as additional director. And then next was Ninja Assassin, which we saw in the oh. theater, and my God, I was like, there's no way he can screw this up. He was very competent in V for Vendetta, and oh my Lord, was that a chore to get through. Just Yeah. Anyway, then after that was The Raven. That's why we didn't watch it. I was like, nah. Anyway. Hmm. So, yes, I'll take the Raven. I'll finish that up. I've been looking for an excuse to do so anyway, and this is perfect for that. Now, a couple of these other ones that you gave me, um, Tempting, Dead End and The Road both looked tempting. Vile, it was like the cover art was a hammer and a tooth, and I was like, yeah, I'm probably pretty good on that one. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like a hostile-type rip-off type thing, and... A um, like, and it's, honestly, <laughs> it's one that it's one that I've been wanting to watch, but I'm like, eh. So I'm like, maybe if you take it, then I'll find out if it's one something that I should watch or not. <laughs> but yeah, and honestly, the Raven—that's the one that I was hoping out of all of them that you would watch because that's the one that I most want to watch. But I'm like, but what if it sucks? And I'm like, eh. I, don't, I can't <laughs> even tell you honestly how much of it I watched. I just know that I don't think I watched more than half of it. Uh, but I was really enjoying it so far, and I'll, I'll start that one over from the beginning, because I don't remember. I, that was two yeah. years ago. Well, very, very different selections from from this past one. Mm-hmm. I do Leprechaun! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that first, that, that first Leprechaun was the first R-rated movie I ever saw in oh. theater. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and uh, side note here, that Leprechaun movie, the new one, stars, uh, and I'm not into to wrestling anymore, but back when I was... The there's there's a little person midget whatever you want to call him, uh, professional quote unquote professional wrestler. He's the leprechaun in this one. Oh really? So his hmm. yeah. So there's where WWE ties into this whole thing. Whatever that they use this little wrestler guy and that's Do you, when it, So War, Warwick Davis is not in this. I just thought of something. When is this movie set? Like what is the year setting for this? I mean, is it set in the eighties then? Because it's Origins? or I mean, it's set Yeah, over? I guess it should be. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> oh, I kind of want to look. <laughs> Leprechaun Origins. Mm. Unless it's a complete reboot. It could be a complete reboot and... Yeah, that's probably the way they went. I mean, who yeah. cares? We're breaking down the story yeah. plot of yes, Leprechaun the... <laughs> 15. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did have to laugh the other day. I was at a like a Dollar General, and on their, uh, I always kind of breeze through their DVD and Blu-ray because every now and then you get they got a quite a pile of five dollar Blu-ray. I mean, I got uh, the Man with No Name trilogy for like seven bucks. That's that's an amazing deal. Uh, but yeah. they got some three packs there for five bucks and just some real random stuff every so often. But they also have the racks of oh twenty horror movies. It's the horror movie set you know, on DVD, so I always kind of look through those four, uh, those little gems in the rough that are out of print, or maybe snuck their way into some set uh, years ago. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, oh yes, yep. The one set, and they're always real random sci-fi original, just garbage you've never heard of, but the one set that did tweak my interest the other day was, uh, was it? Puppet Master. It was the Puppet Master series. Ooh, yeah. And there was like fifteen movies. I'm not kidding. There was. It was yeah, well, and, ridiculous. And they they branched off with because uh, there's like seven or eight Puppet Masters, and then they branched off with Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys. Mm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, are any of those <laughs> worth a damn? Because they were all oh, yes. they were all yes. in there. That whole collection was in one box set. 
Yes, the first one, two, three, f- the first four, <laughs> maybe even five, seriously, are, are pretty good. Especially the first three are really solid 80s horror movies. Mm-hmm. I like them. I think they're, the stop motion is really good in them. The effects, mm-hmm. uh, the story, I, they're, they're good movies. I got them on Blu-ray. The first three of them are on Blu-ray. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, hmm. yay. I know, I'll, I'll, con- I'll consider that for, for it, I mean, we're talking trash cinema, right? We're not talking, mm-hmm. like, genuine, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I even have to ask. Yeah. Because Puppet Master, they were up for Oscars, right? In the late, or yeah, 91. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but those those actually hold up pretty good for the, the older style horror movies of, of that time. Uh, the, especially because the, they use some stop motion. And I, I love stop motion. I love, love, love stop motion. I do too. And it works good, so. Hmm. Huh. Anyway. I don't know. I might, yeah. I might flush a fiver down the shitter for that. <laughs> 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 we'll see. Oh, oh, yeah, but the, so the demonic toys is on there, too. Oh, I th- I'm there's... not kidding. I think there was at least 12 movies in that set. Yes. But I, And I had to laugh, oh. and I thought of you, and I was like, maybe I should call and see if this is something. And then I was like, no. <laughs> I'll just ask him you've, on the show. Yeah, you've heard it here first, folks. Uh, one show where we've talked about slightly talked about Twelve Years a Slave in the same show that we talked about Demonic Toys versus Puppet Master. And it's <laughs> the best is that it's versus. It's not yeah, versus. not even and in the same like box set. Yeah, it's, it's, we got the Puppet yeah. Master series, Demonic Toys series. Oh no, it's the huge crossover that everyone, no one was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good time. Oh, we'll have to see about that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's do. Let's move on to a, a. Let's chat some books. Do a books update. Mm. Uh, his last episode, we were talking about. I was going to start eleven twenty two sixty three Stephen King. Yep. And I think that was about it. Uh, and yes, because I'm on the road all day and worked a thousand hours this week. Uh, I finished that whole thing this week. Uh, the entire, all 30 CDs. Uh, that's Which right. Which is hilarious. That book is, that book is a mammoth. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, and I've, <laughs> oh, if I hear uh, him say, mm, but the past is obdurate, or uh, what, what is it? Ob- obdurant. It does not want to be changed. If I hear that one more time, oh my God. <laughs> I, I bet you I heard that a thousand times in the last week. Uh, and, but it's very true. Very good book i quite enjoyed it i had some uh complaints along the way first half and i was texting you about those yeah um, with his uh, the one character's political rantings and like oh yeah uber left guy is gonna go save kennedy and then suddenly we're living in a giant utopia wonderful like the the whole his whole train of thought was in error in my opinion but I was like, oh, I'll let it. You let the, that kind of stuff go, especially in a time travel story, because you're yeah, like, you gotta right. wait and see how it all fleshes out. And it went, um, I don't want to say as expected, but uh, kind of as expected. There were still some very unanswered questions um, that made me think you need to give Insomnia another chance down the road and just read it, uh, okay? B- because. Same amount of unanswered stuff in that book. The Guardians of the Rabbit Hole? Yeah. eh, Just a couple of guys. We're human. We're there. We're supernatural. Don't worry about it. Move on. It's like, (laughs) that's a huge plot point. And there's a lot of that kind of stuff in Insomnia where it's like, who are they? They never answer. Who are these balloon cutter guys? 
Um, I know this conversation sounds insane if you don't know anything of the books we're talking yeah. about, but I'm being deliberately what? vague so that I don't spoil anything. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, when it was all said and done, I very much enjoyed it. I thought he got long-winded in a couple of sections, namely, again, yeah, I, sec- I agree. second act. Yep. There's a good uh, couple of discs that could have been deleted. Then, it, yeah, three-fourths of the way through, the guy gets a head injury and spends spent two discs trying to remember... And recap oh, yeah. and recapping what he did in the previous twenty five discs, and I'm sitting there as as your audience. I'm going, dude. I already know what happened. So I got to sit here and just wait for him to figure out every, to catch up to the book and to the story. Like, come yeah. on, dude. Yeah, I mean, I understand. Like, the beatdown was fine, but you didn't have to have the. Oh, now I'm trying to remember because I'm brain damaged, and now and then he finally remembers, and we can move on with the story. That added nothing. I mean, you could just have him be damaged and hurt and spend a weeks in the hospital if you want, but it didn't have to be... I mean, that was probably 150 pages that he spent trying to remember what happened in the previous 800. Like, yeah. just go, dude. Yeah. Your, no, you're your right. audience yeah. knows what happened. There's no point to, to do that. It, it did nothing for the story. Yeah, and I remember when I read the book, too, I there was parts where I'm like, come on, let's go. But then the end, man, that, I thought the end was uh, was really good. I liked how it got really wonky and crazy sci-fi in the end, yeah. and I was satisfied. When it was done, I'm like, that was good. That was cool. That was cool. I was nervous, though, when it got really sci-fi there for a minute. We're talking about the yeah. same dark part. I was a little nervous there for yeah. a minute because I was like, what are you doing? Like, it's, it's <laughs> like this is fine to explore this concept, but... I didn't like him wandering away from the rabbit hole as far as he did. I was like, yeah. get your happy ass back. <laughs> yeah, because if yeah. this goes into an extremely dark ending, I'm not going to like this book. Because this has been way yeah. too much dark crap all the way along. I was still really yeah, bummed about uh, Harry and that, that whole thing. It, but mm, the past is obdurate. Yeah. It does not want yep. to be changed. And yeah. uh, he ended the way, I'll tell you precisely, that I would have ended and it was a beautiful romantic ending. I love. I loved that. that. Yeah, the I ending thought, I was, thought that was great. pitch perfect. And on the yep. actually, uh, they talk about music a lot. A lot of every most King books do, uh, but they talk <laughs> they talk about a couple of particular songs a lot. And then to end on it, and on the audiobook, they're actually playing it. That oh cool. Yeah, that was so you, you read it. You didn't listen to the audiobook. Yeah, I read it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The past is Auburn. It doesn't want to be changed. It, oh, it was like every 15 minutes he said that. It's like, we get it. But, yeah. you know, he doesn't write with the intention of it being read. And then it ended with an afterword by Stephen King that he himself did, uh, where he just gave some notes and a little history of the story. It was really cool the way it ended. Yeah. Uh, so big thumbs up there. Also then, uh, looking for my next audiobook since I got so much time on the road. Uh, I... I don't want to get burned out on King, uh, yeah. so I ordered in uh, Doctor Sleep, and that'll be the the sequel to The Shining. That that audiobook is on its way, and in the meantime, I was like, I'll just breeze through what you guys got here and pick something kind of short. <laughs> <laughs> and if you could see my bookcase right now, you would. I mean, everybody calls me a dork, but most of these were collected in high school. Uh, I have probably 20 or 30 of the uh, Star Wars novels that take place after Return of the Jedi and took off from there because we didn't think we were ever going to get any more Star Wars anything, so people were allowed to make books. And up until Disney bought Star Wars, they were considered canon. 
by Lucasfilm. Um, so I'm, I love that the, the extra Star Wars books I've always really, really enjoyed. Uh, and while I was there, I found Star Wars, The Rise of Darth Vader, uh, audiobook, six hours, short one, five, five disc. Yeah. Yeah. Emergency calls last night, had to go out at 10 p.m., didn't get home till 1 a.m. I mean, I have worked so many hours this week, it's insane. Yep, finished that one in about two days. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So that one's How done. Was it? It, it was good, and they, uh, um, I mean, it, it basically uh, takes place after Revenge of the Sith, after Anakin okay. becomes Darth Vader, spoiler, becomes Darth Vader, <laughs> and then yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, it, it goes on a few months from there, I'd say, something like that, how he fully becomes Vader and uh, starts hunting down Jedi. It's just a nice little uh, story extension at best. But the nice thing about it being a Star Wars story, you got John Williams' music in the background, you got uh, different... Uh, voice modulations, uh, so they're actually doing Vader's voice and the Emperor's voice. Uh, oh, that's cool! I like that. Sound effects, blasters, uh, lightsabers—all the sound effects are there in the background, and I I love that movie for your mind. That's the yeah the way it, uh, the best way to put it. So would, that's would it have fun. made a good movie, or is it is it mm, good? It, as it's more a like an audio. It's good as an audiobook. Little, it's just kind of a connector between. Um, Revenge of the Sith, the very end of that, through, like, what was that second Star Wars game? Star Wars Unleashed? The opening... Oh, yeah. Yeah, the opening game of that, the opening level of that, the training level, you're Darth Vader on Kashyyyk killing... Yeah. That was in that book. Oh, cool. Okay. So it's kind of like Revenge of the Sith through that. That's kind of in that ballparks where it wrapped up. Is it a, a fairly new book, or because I, I know there's a ton of Star Wars books uh, out there? Is it? I'd have to go look again. Probably not. It's probably a few years old. I'd guess. Okay. Uh, they and they they have uh, they only had two other ones there, but I think they were part of a series. I was like, mm, I'll check those out sometime. But you know, that's the nice thing about the library. You can order in anything, absolutely yeah. anything. I, I want it right up at the counter. I was like, um, yeah, can I order in the audio CDs for Doctor Sleep? And they're like, you'll get a text message on your phone when it's here. Thank you. Have a nice day. It's like, uh, all right. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I've got kind of my list of King that I want to get through, but I'll probably be breaking it up with little dorky things like this in the uh, light. You know, you need light, yeah. after, especially after yeah. um, heavy. And my yeah. God, was 112263 has some serious, disgusting, heavy, gross horror bits in it uh with yeah. like harry's family and yeah i know i know oh that was tough that was that was hard that was well written too that whole that whole thing was ooh. it was hard to listen yeah. to yeah uh, yep anyway. well dr sleep uh i am probably in the minority but i actually enjoyed dr sleep more than stephen king's novel the shining but but in the same sentence there i think that stanley kubrick's movie is significantly better than Stephen King's novel. Oh, I like Stephen. You, uh, you, like you rebel, you. I mean, no, there yeah. nobody thinks that. <laughs> so, but but Doctor Sleep is really really good uh, as a shining sequel, but very much going in their own direction. And it's just I, that's actually the first Stephen King audiobook 
that I've ever listened to, and the first uh, reconnection with Stephen King since my high school days, mm. uh, or or out of, shortly after high school days of Cujo, Shining, uh, and Misery. Uh, and then I, uh, once I moved back to Ohio, I'm like, okay, I've got some commutes uh, back and forth, so I got the audiobook for Doctor Sleep, and I just I, I I could not quit listening to it. It was so good. So I hope that you like it. It's it's cool the direction that he takes it in with. What really happened to Danny, and what is Danny doing now as an adult, and how did his shining ability? How does that? It's it's really good. Here's a question: so. Do I need a refresher on the King version? Because I have, if if so, I have the miniseries. I have the book as well. I've never read it uh, because I, I don't think so. Um, but what what does? Um, it's it's interesting because uh, parts of of when I when I was listening to the audio book. Um, and, and if you don't know The Shining, then I'm sorry, but I'm going to spoil The Shining here for you. <laughs> when folks. did it come but out? 1980. <laughs> yeah, in in the in the movie, uh, Dick Halloran dies. In Stanley Kubrick's uh, Shining, Dick Halloran gets an axe buried in his chest by Jack Nicholson. Uh, in the book, Dick Halloran survives, and uh, I wasn't prepared for Dick Halloran to somewhat make an appearance in Doctor Sleep. I'm like, what? He's dead, and I I hadn't read The Shining since I was in high school, so I'm like, what? And what's going on? So, other than that, and that I guess that's mild spoilers there, but uh, you know, there's there it is going off of his book, obviously not the movie, but it took me a little bit to like, okay, I can't think of this sequel to a sequel uh, as a sequel to Stanley Kubrick's movie. Yeah, this is a sequel book. to to his book, and so things things were very very different. In the book, with what happened to the hotel. See now, if he, if he had been cool, he would just have left Dick Halloran out of it and just gone on, so that both parties could come to the table and enjoy yeah. Doctor Sleep. But being that he hates Stanley Kubrick's movie, uh, I know which he's probably he's like, me. oh, now now sure, this guy's going to be a main character now, you bastards. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, and he does play, especially in the first first uh, actor. So and I don't want to spoil anything, but um, it, but still, having said that, it would make a great movie, uh, especially because they go so far away from the haunted house setting of The Shining. And but but still, it is it is completely in The Shining world. It's it's a great book. Well, it's on really on book. order, and it will be here uh, very soon. Now, usually, those orders don't take longer than a week uh, to get in. Yeah. I know that some people are probably like, "Why don't you download the um, just the MP3s?" Because you can borrow those from the library as well. Uh, the reason being is sometimes my Bluetooth now in my truck is a little sketchy, and sometimes mm. I can't remember where I left off. So if I'm using my phone, I'm like, what, what track was yeah. I on? Uh, oh, that happens to me. Yeah, yep. well, if I have the CDs, the biggest pain in my butt is that I have to, once every hour or so, swap a CD. Big deal. I can yeah. easily quick uh, click back to my radio shows and whatever, and then when I'm ready for that, I hit the disc, and it's right where I left off. Almost like yep. VHS. The glory of those ah, days. <laughs> good old days of VHS. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I have no problem with the CDs. They work, uh, f- for my particular uh, situation, they function way better. So I'll, I'll just keep rocking that way. Yeah, yeah. I did notice they have all the Game of Thrones books in there, too, on CD. Ooh, oh, don't even tempt me. <laughs> I'm, I refuse They're big boxes. They're big boxes. Yep, I, mean. I, I refuse. <laughs> I'm going to watch the entire series before it is. I have a feeling I'm going to love the books even more than the show. I'm like, nope, I'm watching the entire show before I read it. I, I'm reading those books. <laughs> I hear they're pretty much the same thing, but 
Yeah, I yeah, I'm waiting. <laughs> we'll get into we'll get into Game of Thrones a little bit. Okay, later. well, and whenever you're ready to move on, we can. That pretty much wraps okay. up everything well, I have for books. Do you have what do you okay. want for books? I don't. We didn't. Even... Uh, I'm almost done with uh, Bag of Bones, which after your after you told me about the library, I did my own research, and I'm like, oh, you are right. There is a plethora of Stephen, and I'm that's all I've been reading for the past year straight. Like literally, I'm always always reading a Stephen King book uh, and so I'm because I'm, my goal is to read every single Stephen King book ever ever written ever and uh, so Bag of Bones is I'm almost done I'm actually at the epilogue right now and I, I downloaded the mp3 from the library and uh, it, you know what did this you have is to, classic hold on I'm going to interrupt you did you have to go to sure. the library because uh, you did you have a membership or have you I have a, I have a card from the Canton Library branch and I, I was on their website and I couldn't figure it out so I called them and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, go here and do this and enter this PIN number, and here's the audiobooks to download. And I'm like, oh, maybe <laughs> not. <laughs> it, was, it was like uh, within half an hour of, of me telling you about this uh, that you were like, yeah, it was I'm I was like, like, oh, my goodness. I'm like, there's a, a long list of audiobooks. I'm like, um, add, 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 add. So I have a list that I'm ready to, to get, but I'm like, well, Get through Bag of Bones. Yeah, first. yeah, just one uh, at a time. They aren't going anywhere. You could order them. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's great. It's 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 so awesome. Yeah. But, and these audiobooks, by the way, are if you would buy them, like if you'd buy, they're well, they're, they're thirty thirty five bucks, depending on on yeah. if you get the big thick, like the last one that eleven twenty two sixty. That was thirty discs. Do you know? Have yeah. any, that would be fifty bucks at least. Yeah, those are not cheap, and so in Doctor Sleep, that's a that's a seven hundred page. And book. you're not usually buying uh, the ones that you already own. You know, it's not like, ooh, yeah. I really liked reading that book. I'm going to buy the audio book and listen to it. You're always blind yeah, no. buying this shit. Yeah, yeah. So, so Bag of Bones. Uh, <laughs> I watched the movie, the miniseries, and directed by Mick Garris, TV oh, miniseries, whatever. And um, and Pierce Brosnan is the uh, main star of it. I didn't even know they and made this I, into a movie thing. Oh, they did, and uh, Mick, and I, I may have Mick reviewed Garris, it. who did Desper- yep, Desperation, and, didn't he? Yes. Ugh. Oh, yeah, and, and he did The Shining, and uh, and he did. Oh, anyway, yeah, meh. Uh, I, he may have even done The Stand. Um, well, I stand. I, be- I, I stand behind The Stand. Uh, not to turn a phrase, yeah. but I like that one. That one is a very w- the best that, that you could possibly do at this point it still works it still the, functions as opposed to like yeah. desperation or i i can't even really fault um the shining because that is the book you know it is the book from, I from what i've yep. heard and that yeah. that gets king's uh, thumbs up of approval and yeah. it's sort of like well i can't really rip you the, the only problem yeah. there and, and, is that it was originally made different and better by a mile. Yes, it was. A- amen. Yes. And and here, too, uh, Mick Garris did a really good job. I'm pretty much done with the book. I mean, I have about maybe an hour left of the book, of the audiobook. And it's the, if you watch the miniseries, it's, uh, most of the character beats are in the miniseries that are in the book. Um, but, of course, the book is better. And I was, I'm like, this is a great book. And you're going to laugh at this, but up until about... Um, not the final act, but right before the final act, I'm like, oh, let's go. The cell. Let's, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on. I get it. Okay, I, I get where this is going, and now we're just rambling. Now we're just... 
ah, come on, I know what's coming. Yeah. And we're just dragging to make it 700 pages long. <laughs> he does um, that. He's so long-winded. And I'm like, I know, but and the first I, it, and it it hooked me immediately. I'm like, oh, this is good. Mm. Um and then What's it, what's it about? A, I don't even know what that's about. It's about a a writer whose uh, whose wife keels over dead and so he moves to their uh to their summer home. To just to try and start writing again because he he got writer's block after his wife passed away, and then he starts to get visited by ghosts in this house. Is this is this just does he just live out all of his fantasies very direct? So he had a, he guess, got in a, yeah. he got in a fight with his wife and he was mad about her about something. And he's like, oh, you're dead. And then this is what would happen if if you were dead. Yes. And then some redneck in a truck comes and hits the writer and. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it it. Honestly, this is a little bit more of a romance, and I know that 1122 is as well kind of a romance. Uh, this is post-accident, so I think, where was it post-accident? This was right I believe, around the time I believe it, it was post-accident, yeah. I, yeah I it was right around that time. This was like late 90s mm-hmm. that he wrote the book. Um, but uh, it's, the end is great. I mean, it's like, it's like, I, like as you're listening to it, I'm not, it's a turning the page, but as you're listening to it, you're like, oh, come on, keep going, keep going, this is great. Uh, but it's just getting through those slogging parts of of over explanation. It's over explanation yes. is what it is, yeah. which is why I like. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Chuck Palahniuk, and I, well, a fair amount of people probably groan at that. But uh, I mean, the bulk of his books, dude, they are like two fifty, three hundred pages, and that's awesome. What I um, uh, vagaries here in emails we sent back and forth this week. Some of the red pen. I put on some of the yeah. things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tightening things up just a little bit. That is what Polonik does. He his every sentence and beat is tight. There's there is yeah. no extra. Where King is just so much extra. Let me explain yeah. to you and go in depth about this story and this background. And even in eleven twenty two, which was good, uh, or I give a you know a huge thumbs up. There's still a lot of people that he does a ton of background on that have no bearing on the story whatsoever. Uh, yeah. The little girl that gets shot in the woods accidentally in the hunting accident. He spent probably fifty pages, twenty pages, talking about her life and her backstory, and it went nowhere. And it had no <laughs> bearing. You know, you could have just been like little girl shot yeah. in the wood on accident. Yeah. And, uh, now, uh, interesting though, like when the, then when we deal with the stand and especially like it, I, I couldn't see anything being cut out of those books. I'm like, there, I, agree, there are a thousand I completely pages agree. And here's another masterpieces. Another thing. Why did, I was waiting for 112263 for him to go. I wrote it under the pen name of Stephen King and changed the name to it. At, Cause he was writing that separate story about dairy. Yeah. The murder oh. town. I was waiting for him yeah. to go. I changed the title to it. I was, I was <laughs> waiting for that the whole friggin book. And it never happened. Like the, he, that but that's cool. another subplot that he just forgot about. Like they were <laughs> yeah. talking about it. That like the school board was telling him, "Oh, that's pretty dark. You should, if you're going to publish that and you want to keep teaching, then please publish it under a pseudonym." Uh, and I was like, "Oh, that's what he's going to do. He's going to at the very end, he'll be like, oh, and by the way, I changed the title to it.' And my, eh, we just forgot all about that. Yeah. That would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that's where but, that came from, though. But anyway, yeah. sorry. Yeah, so Bag of Bones, is, it is really good. Uh, obviously, the book is better than the movie. Uh, but if you do ever listen to the audiobook or read the book, it, it you have to get through a couple hundred pages of, come on. But it is better than The Cell. 
Um, it is, uh, I would give it a B, B plus maybe, mm-hmm. but it is not it. It is not the stand. It is not Salem's Lot, um, or even like Dead Zone and Cujo. It's um, it's it's good, but not excellent. Right. Stephen King. I got you. So okay, yeah, I'll consider it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe not. There's a lot of. I, books I, I will say, that. I'm gonna still I'm gonna still uh, tout. Uh, King's Mr. Mercedes. I think that is such a great and that's recently part of a trilogy. Book. Yeah, yep, the detective series. Hmm. Uh, it, it's it's pretty fast paced. There's not a whole lot of of dead space that we've been talking about, and it just it, for some reason when I read that book, it screamed to me David Fincher seven type gritty cop thriller. That's what I when I was reading it. That's what I was envisioning is is. Uh, pretty gritty detective yeah. book. I thought it was great. It was a good book. Nice. I, I so. totally understand what you're saying. I tend to yeah. do that too, especially when uh, it's an audio book and they have uh, a good audio book or they have good voice acting or they throw in some sound effects and music and stuff here. Yeah. Uh, those are my favorite when they have uh, music and sound effects, but uh, 1122 didn't. It was just one guy. Uh, and he yeah. did pretty good except for the... Uh, automatically giving the girl a southern uh <sighs> yeah and she's like oh lord mr Hall. and i was just uh, uh. <laughs> every every word she says is drawn out it's just oh let's move it along anyway yeah i think we spent enough time on books let's move on to yep. recently watched yeah. apparently you have a yep. lot to talk about so i'm gonna let you go first because i've been blabbing okay. a lot this episode i don't have a lot oh, you're good i don't have a lot of recently watched and that's because I've been stupid busy, and that is not oh. showing any signs of letting up. Uh, take us away, sir. Give us give us good stuff because everything I have pretty much sucks. Oh, okay. Well, I'll give you some good stuff. Actually, I'm gonna almost everything that I'm gonna talk about here is uh, I'm looking through my list, and everything that I'm not gonna hit on everything, but everything yeah, yeah, that is on listen, this list of I've, recently I've, watched is all thumbs I up. I have talked so much this episode. You go, you can do two at a time. You give me two reviews, I'll give you one, and we'll just go back and forth. Okay. Well, I want to start with Out of the Dark. That's one that I threw your way on the roulette. Yes. Um, that was a huge I watched movie. That, that. Yes. Julia Stiles and uh, the guy from uh, one of the Underworld movies, I believe. Scott Speedman? Um, Yes, him. Oh, I, I, and, I mean, uh, I've been struggling the last couple of weeks to pull up names, but I pull Scott Speedman out of my ass like, there you go. Hey, yes. no problem. Bingo! <laughs> <laughs> this is the true definition of a well-made, fairly entertaining, generic horror movie. And I, I look at it, and I'm like, I, I liked that movie. I gave it three out of five stars. And uh, I thought I was going to end up hating the movie. But the whole way through, I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm liking this. This is... <laughs> Fairly generic. I like that you're well made. You're such well acted. So defiant. <laughs> yes, I'm defiant like, about this. Screw you, the world. Like, you know I do like a Scott yeah. Speedman movie. Yeah. <laughs> and Julia Stiles. And Julia. <laughs> she's she's oh, a headliner. But this is, she is. Oh, trust me, she is the headliner here. Uh, but it has a kid actor, and kid actor does fine. Everything about the movie is not great, but good. And when it was done, credits rolled, I'm like, I won't remember a thing about this movie in a year from now. But as it was, if you're looking for a breezy 90-minute, kind of scary, pretty good Netflix movie that is not a shitty piece of junk, that is your movie, Out of the Dark. Oh, that is I, just a lot of back... I'm just hearing a lot of... Uh, okay! <laughs> 
they're like, this movie is quite very acceptable-ish. <laughs> it's a horror movie with kind of gory, not really gory stuff in You're it. like, that was okay. I'll keep watching <laughs> another ten minutes. Yeah. And then the ghost kids show up, and I mean, that's all you need to know. Yeah. It's adults and ghost kids. It's well, mm, I saw a Ghost yeah, House in the description, and I was like, ah, I'm not. I have enough haunters and whatever on the roulette. I'm good on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So give me another one. Anyway, yeah. next. Um. <laughs> uh. Next up, uh, last night I watched Chuck Norris's Code of Silence, mm. the first R-rated movie I ever saw in my entire life when I was 11 years old. My mom and dad. Uh, for some reason or another, took me to see it. And I'm... Thank you, Mom and Dad. How old were you? Uh, Eleven. Oh, they're like, oh, it's Chuck Norris. America. It's good. It's Chuck Norris. It must be okay, yeah. And, I, it, you know, it. Chuck Norris makes a lot of bad movies. This one here is one of his better movies. One of them. No. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, it, Come it, on. They're all, the, actually, every the, Chuck Norris movie is bad. Is there any that you're yeah, like, oh, genuinely, yeah. this is a fine product of cinema? Any... I guess Expendables 2. Uh, like Lone Wolf <laughs> McQuaid. <laughs> the Octagon. <laughs> Good guys, we're black. It's, again, we go back to that scale. It's Asylum, Sci-Fi Channel, WWE, Canon, Canon, and, and Chuck Norris, kind of same level, and then up from there. <laughs> Yeah. Now, this director of uh, Code of Silence, I think that it's the same director as... No, I'm going to get it wrong here. Uh, maybe a fugitive? Um, Ooh, that's a stretch. I'll look it up. Keep talking. Okay, so Code of Silence, a cop, uh, of course. I mean, he's a cop, <laughs> and he's out to stop two rival drug, uh, drug kingpins from going after each other. And there's a dirty cop on the force that he's also trying to... to Something I stopped. Oh, the fugitive above the law, under siege. Uh, so the director has some good, some good movies. Wait, you made. went to under siege for good? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I own that movie but and it's, its sequel on laserdisc. Just so you know. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, but but it's but it's not bad. Uh, it's it's pretty good. I. <laughs> Tagline, Eddie Cusack's a good cop having a very bad day. Bad day. Uh. Oh, Henry Silva. He has a, he, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he wears a lot of turtlenecks in it. Um, and uh, he's got a robot buddy in the end. So that's something. I'm um, being serious. He's got a robot cop buddy in uh, the end, kind of. Uh, <laughs> dear God. Um, wait, wait. And so, yeah, back to you. <laughs> I'm just looking over, no, no, I'm looking at the final terror, I'm looking over his Above the Law, okay, Above the Law is a good movie, I'm looking over Andrew Davis's uh, directorial efforts. Yeah, actually, uh, The Final Terror is a really, really good backwards, backward, backwoods horror movie, mm-hmm. that was, I believe, his first movie that he made, mm-hmm. um, or one of them. To third, yes. Yeah, 83. Um, I have that on Blu-ray uh, from Scream Factory. Yeah. That is a, that's a cool movie. In fact, that it would be... Yeah, he made the Fugitive the, shit. I mean, huh. Yeah, so he's, it's, it's for for Chuck Norris, it's a pretty competently made movie. Um, in fact, it, honestly, it, it almost feels like it could have been a Sylvester Stallone type movie. Man, this guy's directing uh, is all over the map. Code of Silence, Above yeah. the Law, so it's sort of like, meh, 
to thumbs up to under siege. Uh, okay, fugitive, <laughs> fugitive, huge thumbs up. Chain reaction. Ugh. Uh, perfect murder, even worse. Collateral damage with Schwarzenegger. Blah. Uh, Holes got a lot of good reviews, uh, and then the yeah. Guardian that got a lot of good reviews too. I recall that one with uh, yeah. Costner. Costner, but Final- Kutcher, the Guardian. <laughs> oh, that's oh, is that um, where they're? Uh, no, that's not. Is that the is that the one or is that the one with uh, Whitney Houston in it? No, no, no. That's the bodyguard. This is the the Guardian is a. Uh, oh God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coast right, guards. Right. They were Coast guards swimming. Yeah, have you seen that one? No, I don't watch Ashton okay. Ashton Kutcher movies. I have. <laughs> he falls somewhere between <laughs> Asylum and Sci Fi Channel on the on the grading scale. <laughs> Except for Butterfly Effect, him and his goofy, silly running in that movie was it was great. <laughs> he just run. Goofy? Please tell me you remember that Tom Cruise running uh, Descender. Oh, you and I watched it in the theater, and and, and there's a scene where he runs through a hallway, and we're like, "What <laughs> was he? Was that supposed to be funny or what?" I don't remember that. <laughs> I, oh, I haven't watched I that do. movie a time or two. Did you see the director's cut of it? Because the director's cut was a lot darker, like way. Oh darker yeah, than the ending was crazy on that thing. Yeah, yeah but so anyway, yeah. Code of Silence. I like how we uh, spiraled from Code of Silence to Ashton Kutcher movies. That's <laughs> running down a hallway. Beautiful, yeah. and now where I'm going to take it is just perfect. Uh, okay, my turn to give you a recently watched uh, Bitten season one werewolf show. B- Oh, you know? I've never even heard of this. Mm, yeah, there's probably a reason for that. Oh. <sighs> wah, wah. It's all right. It stars uh, Laura... Is it Laura? Lauren? I want to get the name right here, because I actually like the actress. Uh, Laura Vandervoort. Vandervoort? Way too many no. way too many vowels in that Canadian name. Yeah. But she, I do like her because she played um, Supergirl in Smallville. Uh, Laura Kent. Oh, okay. so I automatically liked her, and she is the main star of the show. Um, it it's all right, you know. Uh, my wife is always looking for shows to watch with her, and I'm I'm not gonna say she's a Twilight fan by any stretch. She really likes the books. She hated the movies, and she hasn't even seen them all. But she uh-huh. she, she said the books are way better and. <laughs> don't have terrible actors in them. I'm like, okay, you know what? That's fine. I hear that a lot. That's okay. And she says this is a grown-up adult kind of version of that. It's mostly about werewolves and following uh, this werewolf clan around. Uh, when she left Stonehaven for good this time, Elena Michaels thought she had left the world of Supernatural behind. Until the night she got a mysterious call from her pack leader asking her to come back home. Uh, and basically, somebody's throwing dead kids on this werewolf pack's lawn, and it's a bunch of werewolf outcasts that are pissed off at the pack, kind of thing. Um, it was that sounds kind of good. Yeah, it was very, you know, it was very watchable. Let's put it that way. It, am I going to tell you to watch it? Eh, um, not really. Okay. I mean, if you're, you're a horror guy looking for it, you, eh, it's not going to satisfy your horror needs. When they turn into werewolves, they're just kind of like really big wolves. And it's very CGI, but it's a TV show, so it's sort of like, I let it yeah. go, and it's, you know, wife material, and she likes it, and it was very watchable. I was okay with it. I mean, I thought all of the guys were very emo, gay, 
which is fine, but they're all like, I'm manly man in my pink shirt. And I, I, I told my wife, that one, this boyfriend of hers, whoever's dressing him, the wardrobe is either a very gay man or is a woman or that doesn't know how to dress a man because every single shirt he has is pink. Like, that's no person. Every, every, yeah. Yeah, it's fine if you want to wear pink once in a while. If you're a trendy, metrosexual kind of guy in the city, that's yeah. fine. I understand that. I would totally believable. Every shirt the guy owns is pink. And I'm like, I don't buy it. You know, it's, it's, eh. yeah. anyway. See, so yeah, yeah, now I'm, uh, now I'm, my interest is just, oh no, I'm, I'm not telling you to watch it. This isn't a, this yeah. isn't a Eugene show. I'm just saying this is why yeah. I watched it. It was, it was entertaining for, you know, what, that kind of thing at that particular time. Anyway. Yeah. So, Bitten Season 1, not bad. I'd watch more of it. There was plenty of gore in it here and there. I mean, uh, not every episode, but when they got around to it, man, it was gross. And some of the things they dealt with were kind of hardcore. Dead kids, killing kids, and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, give me a couple more. Okay. Okay, uh, <laughs> well, going to stick with the uh, TV show. I'm going to hit on, briefly, Game of Thrones Season 5. You haven't seen it yet, so I'm going to... Obviously, keep this spoiler-free, because that is the only way to watch Game of Thrones is spoiler-free. Because literally every episode you don't know who's going to live and who's going to die. And Season 5 is uh, is exactly that. I uh, As far as my favorite season thus far, uh, I don't think it's my favorite, but it's, it's up there. Uh, every storyline is progressing. It is... The best show on TV, in my humble opinion. But you don't it's watch probably, TV. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, I'm probably not the best demographic yeah. <laughs> for what's a great TV show because I watch Game of Thrones. I know. Every period. time you say that, you're like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to television. I'm like, well, is it better than Sopranos? I haven't seen it. Is it better than uh, <laughs> Mad Men, Entourage, <laughs> anything? You're like, I haven't seen it. I haven't I, seen now, it. I, watched, I watched Daredevil. Love Daredevil. Well, that's fine, um, but, but I'm I, and I'm not belittling your uh, <laughs> judgment of the show. I'm just saying your yeah. barometer is a little different than, uh, you know, the TV no, addict. And I'm not the TV addict. I only watch, like, the major ones and Bitten, yeah. apparently. But yeah. <laughs> Go on. But yeah, Game of Thrones, um, they somehow keep getting almost more depressing. Um, and But they still give you, just like, we've talked about this before, they give you enough snippets of of positive and cool stuff that you're like, oh, thank you for that. And then it's more depressing, like, oh, I want to kill myself. This is so, oh. Well, um, they've already it, killed can't... everybody that would make me suicidal, so there isn't much uh, else they can do at this point. The Red Wedding? This, this... I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing. Um, there's one scene in uh, in this episode that it's, it's, it's up there, but the Red Wedding is definitely... That takes the cake for some of the most horrific television I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. uh, actually, a movie even it, it, that was so horrific. Uh, but this just one here—it's just mean, and they don't have to be that yeah. mean. But anyway, yeah. But this one here—it's—it's it's almost like the entire season was setting up for the finale, like the big, like everything is just continuing to get closer and closer. Uh, Daenerys—they focus a lot more on her, and she's one of one of, if not my favorite character of the show. Mm-hmm. And that's the 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 dragon. She's the only positive thing. one in the entire show, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. But uh, oh, there's some moments. In, well, yeah. There's 
it's 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 great. I I love the show. I love the the cinematic feel of it. Every episode feels like I'm watching a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the way TV the, is going these days. So be open to yeah, watching more TV, my friend. Yep. Sopran- yep. Sopranos was say- like that as well, and that one uh, really opened the door for a lot of shows, in my opinion. Now is like so, like Mad Men and um, Mad Men's like, great. But Black- Mad Men's great, but it's a show about nothing. I mean, after the after oh. like season three, nothing. It's about nothing. I, I mean, I watch an episode. We watch every new episode, and we love it. And Oh, that was cool. Can't wait to watch more Mad Men. And then I'll look at her and I go, what happened in that, that episode? And <laughs> nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, Orange is the New Black, That it's very entertaining. Watched an episode tonight. Uh, very much dig that show. Scenes from a women's prison. Where they talk filthy and mean and it's a prison show and... I mean, it's it's okay. fine. It's not one that I'm like, hey pinnacle of tv cinema you gotta watch this one yeah it's yeah. not like that gotcha. it's it's an en- and that's it. enjoyable to watch with the wife but I'm, I'm not like holy crap i can't wait till next episode yeah. no and that's what i do like about game of thrones is you feel like everything is moving towards this thing right um you know all these factions are it's all it's like a big chess board and every of the pieces keep moving and we're getting closer and closer and it's it's uh Brilliant. You do I need to watch the, the Sopranos at some point, though. That is, I know, that I know. Seriously, and is I, like six. I, I actually, I haven't even watched the last season or two because I haven't got around. I had to blind buy those, and I haven't got around to buying the last two because it's so popular that they're expensive. But every, I, I'm t- that's like six seasons of Goodfellas. It's, you, I mean, it's man. it's that good. <laughs> you can't stop watching. It's great. Yeah, but. I just haven't got. I, I got to buy it, you know. And it's like, ah, I don't have the money. <laughs> yeah. uh, eventually, yeah. I will. But uh, that is one series that you need to check out because it is. I know. So I, I I need to. I know you like that. You know, enjoy it, the mob stuff. The Goodfellas, Departed. Oh, I love it. I love it. The, it's six seasons of that, and it's oh, it's so good. Ugh, like like I'm not you and Mad Men. You might like it. I don't know, but I'm not. I'm not like telling you you have to watch that show uh sopranos you need to watch uh well even breaking bad after your review i'm like it but, sounds good but i'm like do i want to invest sevens or whatever how many seasons i think it's five into... I, but i'm the odd man out on that one everybody else loved yeah. it all the way through and i'm like i'm i was ready to quit at season three i mm. but i but it's because i hated some of the characters a couple of them so much that i it almost like disturbed my sleep like I'd I'd wake up at night just like I hate you so much I can't even it ugh. and you knew where it was gonna go and petered out at the end predictably <sighs> whatever I, that but I'm yeah. the odd man out everybody else seems to love it so don't take my word on on that one yeah. uh, okay uh, I want to touch on Men in Black three oh okay have you ever you've seen it before no right? it's the first time watching it. Okay. My All right. Buddy gave me the voodoo code for it, and I'm the proud owner of it. The most green screeny green screen green screen that ever existed since uh, George Lucas's Star Wars prequels. And <laughs> oof, boy, uh, you know it's got its funny parts, and some of the stuff really works. And it, I mean, as far as being like just funny, and maybe we forget it's been so long since the crappy Men in Black sequel. Uh, but really, it's a crappy kind of sequel to a crappy sequel so if it's not the original Men in Black oh boy it's rough 
I, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. And it had some interesting ideas, and some of the jokes were great, but it you can't ever escape the fact that it really feels like just green screen on top of green screen. Is there anything real in this movie? It all feel Every background felt fake. Every set felt fake. Nothing felt real in this whole movie. And it's hard to swallow. The ending was good. I enjoyed that, I guess. <laughs> Mediocre thumbs up. It's passable. PG-13 and a sci-fi entertainment. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Uh, I have one more. It'll take two seconds. We'll wrap it up and okay. be done with this episode. But if you want to give me a, like a twofer, that'd be fun. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, I've got... Um, oh, boy. Let me see which one I want to touch on. Uh, the Rover. I want to talk about The Rover real Please quick. Please do. Yeah, starring Guy Pierce and uh, Robert... Pattinson. Uh, is it... Yes, which he's from... That's the yeah. Twilight guy, yep. right? That guy can act. Yes, I know. Um, I'll tell you what, he stole the show in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was thoroughly impressed with, with his character. Uh, th- this is Australian post-apocalyptic type uh, setting, kind of minimalistic road road warrior, kind of. Um, I liked it. I really, I gave it four out of five stars. Uh, I watched this on Amazon Prime streaming. My, I while I really liked it, I I'm really curious what you would think about it because it reminded me a bit of The Road with uh, Vigo Mortensen. Seriously, but, but I but I, well, kind of. It's like it's low on action. Uh, heavy on depression. Character. <laughs> I don't care about low on action. If it that, that road movie was depressing as shit, I hated that movie. I've watched it twice Maybe. to make sure that I wasn't mistaken. <laughs> I hated it. Yeah. Yeah, but it, but it's. I liked it. It was just a them meeting up with a bunch of weird characters on the road as Guy Pierce is trying to get his car back. Is his car is the MacGuffin and. They are trying to get the car back, and the weird situations and people they meet along the way. I understand that. Um, I don't have a problem. I want to make it clear. I don't have a problem with, like, gritty and dirty and kind of, like, down-on-their-luck people in the movie. It's... The road was all, like... Oh, God, I hated that movie so much. It just... (laughs) It's all, like, don't ever trust anyone. We're all going to die. Everything is hopeless. Forget everything. Uh, Are they like that? In the movie, in the rover, um, it's it's in the same universe. I'll tell you that because when it was done, I'm like, "Whoo, that's." But I liked okay. it, I, and I liked the ending. I, I I thought it was a good movie. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I still want to see it. I mean, the trailer was uh, was great. It looked awesome to me, but eh, we'll see. And it got good reviews. Yeah, and Guy Pierce's, yeah, it, Guy Pierce's, but I'll tell you, um. Pat- Patterson, he was good. Pattinson, he was Pattinson, really good. Pattinson, yes. Uh, <laughs> Edward Furlong, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Robert Pattinson. He, uh, yeah. him like uh, Harry Potter. What's his name? That guy. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Yes. Oh, you got that name right. Uh, um, yeah. yeah I <laughs> yes, him and Daniel Radcliffe. Like, while I hate Harry Potter, and that's no secret, and I hate Twilight. I recognize both of those guys are good actors, and I don't yeah. associate them with those roles necessarily. You know what I mean? Like I was—I don't even know that I've seen them in other th- things. I just 
I don't know. I, I, I thought that they did at least a competent acting job to where I'm like, I would watch them in a good movie. Yeah. Well, this, he stole the show. Yeah. He was really, in fact... Maybe uh, and a guy, I heart, Guy I, Pierce. I don't know, Guy Pierce. Yeah, I, mean, he, I liked him better than Guy Ooh, Pierce. I don't know. I, I really got a man did. crush and, on Guy Pierce, so... <laughs> <laughs> guy Pierce didn't have a whole lot to do other than... Well, you, you have to see the movie, but... He but, doesn't need uh, a lot to do. He's freaking Guy Pierce. <laughs> That's that. That's he true. But uh, he can just show up whenever he wants, and he's the star of the movie. He's yep. But it was cool. I, I liked it. It was very Aussie. Very. Uh, oh, I like that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it just yeah. I I want you to watch it. I'm very curious what you what you would think about it. So I okay. Will. Next up, much like Game of Thrones, as soon as my crazy friends buy them on Blu-ray, I will borrow them immediately. I'm talking maybe you about go. you. Anyway, next. <laughs> One, yeah, because that is one. If I would find that on the cheap on Blu-ray, I, that would be one that I would want in my collection. Definitely, we got about five minutes. One more. Okay, um, last one for me. Oh man, I'm gonna go with Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> I was gonna go with another one, but I, I'm hit. I'm gonna hit on that other one on my own okay. show. So Wet Hot American Summer is going to be my movie. I, the last one that I talk about. Five out of five stars. This one here solidified. Uh, the deal, I think that this might be my favorite comedy of all time. Um, and, and there was a certain part in the movie where you brought up way back the first time you saw it, and it was all the funnier because I thought about your comment about what the movie did I when say? I saw that now scene. I want to know. Oh, it was tube socks <laughs> yes. and the team yes. in the shed. It's the first and... thing I thought of, yes. <laughs> and Bradley Cooper and oh. <laughs> the guy like, from oh, CSI. Uh, that's here my favorite bit. The guy from Law and Order uh, or CSI, yeah, I mean, whatever. He is just the, the uh, rapiest <laughs> camp counselor of all time. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Now, but it is, I'll let you continue. Uh, be- because, uh, because that was my time. Uh, as you know, I went to summer camp, and that was when I went. Is the early '80s, and it is spot on. It's like if mm-hmm. the, the horror movies got their Friday the Thirteenth and the Burning, this is the comedy equivalent of that, and it it is hysterical. And it's the last time I watched it was probably funnier than any other time I've seen it. It actually is getting better with age. Uh, because a lot of the actors in it are now A-listers mm-hmm. or, or like really popular actors, and you're like, oh man, like I, Paul Rudd is now an A-list actor. <laughs> this was one of his first, if not his first role, yeah, and he's playing the stud badass in this, and it's like that's not Paul Rudd, <laughs> but it is in this movie, and uh, it's great. I, it's so funny and so witty and so well made, um, and comedy is such a hard thing to pull off, even like with what I do, uh, my job, and we're, we're trying to bring some comedy into some of the, the short brutal. films that we're doing. Absolutely brutal. It is so hard to pull mm. off, and uh, especially like even with good actors and a bigger budget, it's so hard to pull off, and this one here was a low budget with, at the time, a lot of no-name actors, and it, it just, like the planets aligned on wet, hot <laughs> In summer. more ways than one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen the movie twice, the, and the second time I thought, I'm not going to like this as much as the first time, and I watched it, it was like, oh. I like that better the second time, and it's going to yeah, get better it, with it, age. It, it does. It truly gets better with age, and the, the more I see it, the more I'm like, I, I notice little things, and just it just felt like a lot of times they were winging it. Like, some of yeah. the jokes felt like they were making it up on the spot, and like that was 
funny. Let's keep that in. I love and that. I, I do love too. That. And I'll tell you, uh, with that movie, <laughs> uh, it was you that turned me on to it, to, got me to watch it. Yep. But um, with that movie, it, it it's a weird thing, but it really agitates me when I hear people talk about a hot tub time machine. Oh, I'm you don't understand. I'm from the '80s, and so that uh, so many '80s jokes, and I love it. And I look at them, and I'm like, "What about Wet Hot American Summer?" And they go, "Huh?" <laughs> and I just yeah. I just want to strangle them because I'm yeah. Screw Hot Tub Time Machine. This is the yeah. '80s comedy throwback that you're looking for. And actually, uh, uh, I could be wrong. Rumor is they're turning that into a TV show. Wet Hot American Summer. Wet Hot American. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oof, boy, I'm not sure what I think about that i it doesn't matter it's not gonna oh. affect the original the original's still great so. no it won't affect, yeah but but that's boy i wonder how that's gonna work like well, yeah i have I mean, no idea but give it a um, google and see yeah. what you can find maybe we'll yeah. ch- chat about it yeah. next episode uh i have yeah. one more review and that is the island of dr moreau director's cut 1977 Ooh, that's on my list yeah. is it worth watching for you yes i ah, got about halfway okay. through it today and kind of quit uh I was really digging it, but it's sort of like, I know the story, and I'm just kind of not entirely in the mood for it, but I think you would really like it. It has that uh, very 70s sci-fi feel, and maybe I'll pick it up again, but there's so many movies on Netflix I want to watch right now, so it's just taking up some space. So I didn't end up, excuse me, finishing it, but I think that you would really like it. And if you're a fan of the 70s uh, sci-fi horror uh, face uh, 1977. There's nothing that came out then that could have overshadowed this movie. So, I don't know why it didn't do any good. <clears throat> yeah, do you I'm think talking about Star Wars. Be... You're looking at me all blank, like what? <laughs> Star Wars came out that year. There was no other movies. Sort of like this year, where I hope that there everybody will be like, oh, that's the year Mad Max uh, Fury Road came out. There is no other movies. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's that. that. There was that. That was the year of, of Mad Max. <laughs> Does it have a similar feel to the uh, to the debacle that was? I mean, kind of, but only through a, through a seventies uh, prism. I, I, you know, I thought of a great uh, movie to compare it to that would give you the sense of the feel of it. But it's uh, the star of the movie was the uh, British. Uh, uh, the British guy from Austin Powers, who's always like, Austin, what are you doing? That guy. Do you know who I'm talking about? Not, not Michael, not Michael Caine. Not Michael Caine. No, 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 no. no. The guy, the guy that was the liaison between him and the, the... Yes. Okay. I'm not sure what his name is. I don't know what his name is either, but he, he's the main guy in this movie and he's being a sex symbol with his shirt all part ways. And uh, (laughs) it's just hard to look at him and not go, Austin, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. It's yeah. It's still so far from what I watched. It was still a very fine film. I liked. It was more interesting than the remake. Put it that way. Yeah. Uh, Are you gonna finish it? Or yeah, you're, you're... maybe I haven't thrown it off the queue. But I'm like, eh, I got other stuff to watch. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so at at this point, okay. it holds as a no score. But we'll see. Maybe down the road, I'll okay. revisit it. Uh, but I do encourage you to give it a chance. I will. It's on my okay. list. So um, we'll we'll get the tease. I want to touch on something real quick. A uh, pod update. There are uh, probably going to be some changes coming with the pod. We have been uh, struggling quite a fair amount with uh, scheduling and getting together when 
to uh, get this these shenanigans off to the audience and the uh, it's especially hard in the summertime when everybody is really busy. I've been so busy I haven't been able to watch shit. Let's put it that way. Uh, obviously, I, I came to recently watch with Bitten, Men in Black 3, and Half of Island Dr. Moreau. That's just about <laughs> as sad as it frickin' gets. Um, so, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to try and get an episode at least one a week. Uh, uh, stay with that pace. Whether it's me taking a cue from Cinema Soft Underbelly and doing a couple of reviews on my own in the afternoons, uh, or maybe getting some guest host here and there, possibly for shorter episodes, maybe 30 minutes. Um, all of these options are kind of on the table. Uh, trust me, we aren't going anywhere. The show will continue. Uh, but during the summer, my God, shit gets so busy, especially with my work. Um, but you add a couple of kids on top of that, uh, forget about it. It's insane. And it's times two. My kids, your kids, work. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy. So we are yeah. going to be bringing you probably some more different shows over the next few months, but we will definitely be back full swing, roulette every single episode in the fall, uh, winter time when th all of our lives slow down. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to make uh, the audience aware of that. Um, as for tease. I noticed. I, I started uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I watched the first episode. Okay. Got tired of waiting on the family and said, screw them, and I started it by myself. And the first episode was awesome. And everybody tells me to just skip the first season altogether. But I'm not uh, a hater. I'm not a Marvel hater. I'm not a DC hater. And even the Marvel people are like, oh, just start at season two because season one's a little rough. Screw you. I'm a comic book fan. And episode yeah. one, the pilot was awesome. I'm gonna keep watching it. Oh yeah, really? Oh I nice. Quite enjoyed it. I'm definitely in. I'm gonna keep right on watching that. The other thing, uh, and this review <laughs> for this movie, you will definitely have uh, the next time you and I meet or we do a recently watched. A man, uh, most wanted man, was added to Netflix literally today uh, from Anton Corbijn, the director of The American. Ooh, yes. nice. And I believe this was based on a story from the same guy that did the... Oh, what was that movie I hated? Uh, Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Suck oh, My, yeah, yeah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The director of The yeah. American, I'm all over it. Philip Seymour Hoffman, one of his last films. So yep. those are things that I will be reviewing in the future as soon as humanly possible. Give us a tease and we'll wrap this baby up. Okay, um, I've got a couple horror movies heading my way on Blu-ray, uh, limited limited editions that I'm looking forward to watching some gothic horror. One is called Crypt of the Living Dead, which is supposedly very Hammer-esque, uh, and I've, of course, since the passing of Christopher Lee, I've been obviously wanting to get back into some of the old gothic horror stuff, so I'm going to probably be revisiting... Uh, some of the old horror, uh, Hammer horror movies as well as I want to watch that Crypt of the Living Dead, which I hear is really good. Uh, I've never seen it, which I'm always up for a new one of that type of thing with the, you know, castles yes, and definitely. damsels in distress. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that stuff. So, and because of Christopher Lee, I'm like, I'll probably revisit some of the older Draculas, uh, and, and whatnot. So that's, I feel an, another gothic horror. Sure 
phase in my life coming on here real completely soon, so. understandable cool sounds good i yeah i i need to get on i need to get on board with uh with some of those movies because you have all of them and i'm just waiting for you to throw them on the real maybe we just need to do like a october is all blu-ray month and that's the only roulettes we do is we just pass blu-rays i would totally do I that would, yeah i've got been waiting for hammers hammer and i haven't gotten any so yeah and because and the thing is I know you would love that. I do, like, too. There's no question. I just can't get them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't do it illegal. I'm all about the legal. Okay. Yeah, I've got, I've got them all I know. You, sitting here you waiting for you. got them all you. legit. I'm like, come on, Eugene, this, this is the roulette <laughs> round where he's going to give them to me. None. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As always, you can get a hold of us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Please visit our friends Cinema Sidekicks and Cinema Soft Underbelly, both on iTunes. And there'll probably be a Cinema Soft Underbelly twofer coming up very soon. Because I've got some stuff I need to talk about that would be perfect for your show. Uh, anyway. Nice. And eventually, I think we're going to do a YouTube version of uh, The Roulette. Uh, we were discussing uh, that option, possibly, and that would definitely be Cinema Soft yes. Underbelly kind of material. But oh yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll be weighing that uh, in the future. Anyway, until next time, I'm Eric Warner. I'm Eugene Weaver. See ya. Bye.